All right, 237, baby. Hit it. Welcome to episode 237 of Keeping Up with the Joneses. And literally, we're keeping up with the Joneses because you've been gone. And I was just thinking, just before we even started, you came back, what, Two a couple of days ago. ago and I, yeah. we haven't stopped. I haven't even seen it. This is the first time for us to sit down and talk. And so we've spent a week apart. How the heck was your week, AJ Jones? It was great. It was really good. Tell the good people where you were. I was at the beach. I love the beach. Um, Yes, I was suffering for Jesus in Destin, Florida. Uh, We took our small group leaders away for a retreat Mm -hmm. to thank them for spending a year of their lives on other people. And we just eat good food and have fun. Yeah. Uh, But you had a great time? Had such a good time. No sunburn? No sunburn. No craziness in Florida? I will remember I have a hat, so <laughs> I, I didn't get a sunburn because I wore my hat. Good girl. Yes. Your dermatologist would be proud of you. So proud of me. Um, yes. No, it was fun. It was great. Nothing to report? Um, I got two new bathing suits, which I'm excited about. Okay. Um, this uh. is why you want a membership. <laughs> uh, let's model them. I know, but I'll show you them later. <laughs> okay, great. Two new bathing suits. Uh, all right. Well, you're back. Like I I've, I've really missed you. Yeah. I had... Uh, Five days without you, five nights, six days without you. Uh, you're making nights. it bigger, yeah. It yeah, was two yeah. weeks without you. <laughs> and I it was so long. I was gone for months. Soldiered on, yeah. yeah. It was uh, the winter of discontent. You were gone for three months. For me and the kids somehow managed to survive. Just amazing. Didn't you text me on Saturday like... Both of them are being dreadful that we're home and <laughs> you wanted to lock them in their rooms. <laughs> I don't remember that. I think it was a glorious moment of parenting. Uh-huh. No, I remember what it was. Yeah, it was uh, classic sabotage, which I don't know if I set myself up. Parents, I don't know if you do this, but you like for me as a dad, Saturday, I want to do something fun for the kids. Um, Abby was out at a youth conference all day. But for my two younger kids, I was like, let's do a movie and... I just feel like I set myself up every time I, not every time, but a lot of times I set myself up. And I don't know if I've just got this mystical imagination of what it's going to be like. And because they don't match my expectations, it's sabotaged or whether they really sabotage it. But it all worked out well. <laughs> they were complaining about having to watch a movie. And so I was like, fine, yeah, go tidy your bedrooms and uh, scrub your toilets. And then let's see if that changes your mind. And within <laughs> about 20 minutes, they're like, we're sorry, we'll watch the stupid movie. And then they enjoyed it. And then the they movie. actually liked the movie because yeah. when I got home, they were like, you have to watch, what was the movie called? It's called The Mitchells versus the Machines. Okay. And it's it's a it's a really sweet movie. It's a ne- Netflix have made it. I did something that I should know better, but I was about 95% of the way through the video and tweeted out, oh, this is such a great movie. And then in the, I think it was a post-credit scene. There was something that I was like, I actually don't want to lend my endorsement. To but it's this too late because you're already right yeah. But most kids wouldn't even pick it up. Uh, but still, just a great fun story. But if you're watching it with the younger kids, there's a post-credit scene where, you know, I, I think you'd miss it if you're not paying attention. I missed it. Wait till the kids are upstairs. Watched it re-back with subtitles. And I, my suspicions were confirmed. But aside from that, great movie. I wouldn't let that distract from the movie. Okay. So you were in Florida. You were single parenting. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we can make a big enough deal about that. I, yes. I think I we've a, already made a big enough deal about brave. it. I was brave. You were so brave, <laughs> babe. So proud of you. <laughs> uh, anything else? 
Our children are man-eating. You have no idea how brave this was. No, just kidding. You have the the new course coming up. Yeah, we launched the Boundaries course last week, the Boundaries Summer School, which I'm super excited about. This coming Sunday is going to be the the actual first um, live event. You have still got time. This episode comes out on a Monday. The registration is closing on the Wednesday of the same week, Wednesday, May 19th at midnight. If you've not already reserved your spot on the Boundary Summer School, I would love you to do that. I would hate for you to be disappointed and realize, ah, I missed out on this. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm taking people through the Boundary course, which is the standalone video series that I've produced. And then I'll be personally coaching people on a live group call each Sunday for yeah. five weeks. Yeah. And then, as if that wasn't fun enough, we've built an online community for people who are doing the Boundary Summer School to get to know everybody else who's on the Boundary Summer School, to be able to ask questions. To like an open share. forum kind of thing? Well, it's not open. It's closed only for the people on the school. Right. But okay. yeah, it's they can share their success stories. And uh, I'm really, really excited about it. So if you're interested in learning about boundaries, if you're interested in upgrading the quality of your relationships, if you're interested in lowering anxiety from interpersonal stress, I'd really, really encourage you to come do the school with me. It's five weeks long, two hours a week for five weeks. We'll set up your summer for glorious fruitfulness. Woohoo! Speaking of glorious transformation in the interpersonal arena, our topic this week... <laughs> were we speaking of glorious transformation? I guess we were. Sure yeah. we were. Well, okay. I mean, the Boundaries Course it's is going to gloriously yes, yes, transform okay. your okay. interpersonal yes. relationships. Let's yeah. go with that. Hey, d- my segue was smooth. Oh, it's good. You yeah. see nothing. <laughs> uh, our topic this week is all about emotional health. Oh. Well, the you know, when I was doing that Instagram survey, what should I write a book on? Somebody said, in, you know, emotional health. I changed the title to, are you emotionally dying? Oh. Well, that How's, went dark. How, how's that for a great catchy title? Yes. AJ, are you emotionally dying? Uh, at the moment, I feel okay. <laughs> it's a, It's been a, a wild year and a bit. There's been oh, plenty of opportunities brutal. for emotional death, dismemberment, and Or just denial. Destruction. I don't feel anything. I'm okay. I don't, I don't feel anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about my journey into the topic of emotional health earlier. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about raised in an environment or a culture that really praised denial. Like, no, there's nothing wrong. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. No, nothing's on fire. Uh, and then my first kind of nudge towards emotional health from that denial was inner healing, which now I realize I just relegated to the spiritual realm. Didn't think about it from an emotional realm. But I thought about, uh, you know, learn about inner healing which I thought was you know, great because it helped me stay in denial. I don't think inner healing helps people stay in denial. I'm saying inner healing helped me in the stronghold of, no, everything's fine. I don't understand. Yeah. Let me be very, very clear. I'm a huge fan of inner healing. I'm not saying inner healing is ineffective. I'm saying if you approach inner healing with a stronghold that you don't really need to care about your emotions, ah. then inner healing is great at dealing with the things that are pesky enough to remind you that you have emotions. Right? Ah. Oh, I have an ungodly belief that makes me sad. Great. Get rid of the ungodly belief so I don't have to be sad anymore and don't have to be aware of my emotions. Uh, so okay. I'm talking personally for me. Right. Okay. I still believe in inner healing. I think it's very, very effective. Let me be clear. But my understanding of it was somewhat limited. So denial, inner healing, and then throw in boundaries, you know, learning about boundaries. And then counseling, right? So I have grief and I go to counseling and I 
think counseling's kind of dumb, but you know, anyway, my poor counselor, he earned his money. Then <laughs> group did. therapy. Yeah. Then into all this work about feelings that we did a 10 part series all about feelings. Yeah. And uh, you, now an appreciation. Like even with feelings, the re- I approached feelings the same way I approached inner healing. Oh, let's do this feelings work so that I don't have to have any more feelings. <laughs> That's awesome. Into a place of understanding that emotional health is really good because we're an emotional and spiritual being created for connection. And it's very hard to have connection if you are trying to numb your emotions. Yes. All right. Podcast is done. That's a great summer. No, That's I was perfect. just thinking about that, 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 that story arc and that curve and... Wow! Like if you don't have a if you don't have a value on emotional well being, yeah, then you can still make use of all these tools and not become emotionally alive. Sure, absolutely. I'm curious about your journey to emotional well being. Can you think like if I talk about my story arc, what was yours? Um, I don't. I I don't know. I mean, I'm throughout like me as a as a kid teenager. Uh, I basically squashed down everything that I felt and just tried not to feel anything, but was almost always angry and then struggled with eating disorders. And what, did you it know was, you it were was angry? Coming, oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, almost all the time. But, I mean, if you read my yearbooks, you know, the thing that people will say, like, oh, you you know, you're the smiliest person I know, you're the whatever. Like, I, I could fake it with the best of them, but I was angry. I was really angry. But... It wasn't okay to be angry. In your environment, so don't have any feelings. Well, it w- oh, well, it certainly wasn't safe for me to be angry growing up because everybody else was so angry. And so it was safer to disappear and feel nothing and or try and feel nothing. And then when I was, you know, after I got, I got saved at 15, but with no inner healing tools or anything like that, and was more... Um, approaching my walk with the Lord of using scripture to to shove down what I was feeling. Right. Right. Like when you said the thing about like, no, no, this house isn't on fire. And I'm like picturing in the background, like, foom, yeah. you know, and, ah! yeah. and no, you know, everything's like, fine. No, everything's fine. There's yeah. nothing behind me. Um, so did you like my sound effects? I did. So good, You're right? Growing in the, as a Foley artist. It's <laughs> wow. beautiful. So then I would say that was sort of my next stage. In the renewal, it was hard not to feel emotions. Well, tell a story about the first time you turned up at the church, because it's still my favorite story. When I got stuck to the floor? No. It predates that. Oh, that one. Father, oh. I want you to hold me. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. So, I mean, it, it, it was, you want me to actually tell, 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 tell the actual that. story? I love that story. I've heard it a thousand times. It's still one of my favorite stories. Okay. So the short version is I got hijacked by a friend. What You know, we were going to another church and I was planning to kill myself. Like I was getting everything sort of sorted out and I had written all the letters and I had them all placed properly in the place where I had asked my roommate, if anything ever happens to me, check this box. Like I was... Getting things ready. Nice, right? And uh, going to a church where I didn't really feel like people saw me. Right. Was emotional health a priority in that environment? Oh, no. No, okay. No. Great. Um, I mean, they were nice people. Sure, of course. Uh, So then a friend of mine, she'd heard about the Toronto Airport Vineyard Christian Fellowship. And she had a friend that went there. And she just kept uh, saying, like, Hey, do you want to go check this out? Because she was the one that drove all the time, but she was really, really quiet and shy. And I was like, no, Sandy, I don't want to go. You know, and she'd be like, 
I just, you know, my friend said it's really good. I was like, I don't want to go, Sandy. Of course, I don't want to go someplace new. I'm planning to off myself, yeah. you know. So uh, anyway, one Sunday she picked me up and started driving the absolute wrong way on the 401, which is a massive highway. Yes, it is. And I was like, you know, hey, what are you doing? I was pretty aggressive. She was not. Because of the anger? But yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought I managed well. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. all do. Yeah. Well, I I realized the way that it most commonly came out was through being extremely sarcastic and cutting and facetious. Like I would just cut people down all the time because I would get angry, but I wouldn't get violent. So I would just intellectually obliterate them. It yeah. was such a lovely, <laughs> a lovely trait to have. Uh, anyway, we... We went, we drove to this church. I was I was mad because I told her I didn't want to go. Doubly and, mad now. Oh, yeah, so yeah. mad. So I, I stonewalled her all the way there, and she's trying to start conversations, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, and and uh, and I was just like not having it, you know. And about five, maybe five minutes before we got there, she said, listen, if we go and you don't like it, we'll just never go back. And I was like, Fine. You know, and I'm so I'm going in like I am not going to like this. I'm choosing not to like mm-hmm. this, and I'm never coming back. Mm-hmm. And so we went in, and at the time uh, that church sat about two fifty, three hundred at the most, um, and there was maybe sixty people that were part of the congregation. So there was plenty of seats. I mean, they had just moved into the building, and uh, we sat in the very back corner, like two rows from the back. Uh, and I, you know, just crossed my arms over my chest and I'm, you know, I'm going to make I'm it through this service. I'm going to grin and bear it. And I'm going to stare at Sa- Sandy every once in a while, make sure she feels my ire. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, Jeremy Sinnott, who was the worship pastor, got up and sang. And I don't honestly remember if it was the first or the second song. But anyway, he he sang this song called Father, I Want You to Hold Me. And I remember hearing this horrible noise, like this horrible like somebody was killing somebody kind of noise. And and it, it which this is going to sound really unhinged, but it, it took me about 30 seconds to realize I was making this horrible noise. And uh, I mean, I was the kind of person who didn't cry in public, didn't show any kind of weakness, didn't. And here I am fully losing it. I am wailing and I can't stop. So in my head, I'm like, stop it, stop it, get it together, stop it. You know, and I just can't. <laughs> You know, like it was so everybody in the church at some point looked at me because, you. I mean, it wasn't that big a room. You know what I mean? Like everybody heard this person. And, and you're just full on losing it. I, and I couldn't I, I couldn't cap it. It was like my, it was like I had 19 years of I capped it. I capped it. I capped it. Yeah. I capped it. And I was done. Yeah. And um, so I cried all the way through worship. I just wailed. Uh, fast song, slow song, didn't really matter. Just wailed. Did anybody come over and like Nobody try and comfort you mm-hmm. or put their hand on you? No. Or and Sandy, Sandy, poor Sandy. <laughs> Sandy just... turned like 18 shades of red. I'm pretty, I like, I, like, this is Sandy's nightmare. You know, <laughs> she, she is standing next to the lunatic who has now fully lost it. And yeah, nobody came over and said anything. Oh. And then, um, Worship, you know, ended and Sandy like pulled me down into my seat because I was, you know, I was unaware I had stopped. I couldn't You've hear. You've been wailing this whole time, all the way through worship, on and off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, <laughs> you know, for a while, then I'd, <laughs> I'd start wailing again, and uh, <laughs> oh. and then all. I mean, I remember John spoke. Couldn't tell you what he spoke on. 
Uh, but I was like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I got to get out of here. Like, I just got to get out of here, you know? And, uh, but John at the end of his message says, you know, there's somebody here that needs to know that daddy loves them. And like, I remember my head thinking, how does he know? <laughs> you know, right? But you know, like now I'm like, good guess, John. Could it be the chick losing it at the back? I don't know. It's just a thought. But um, he and he invited me to come up to the front. And I remember in my head being like, I am not going up there. But it was, I literally felt like something pulled me out of my seat and pushed me up the aisle. Like angels were pushing me or something. And John just opened up his arms and I walked into his arms and I cried all over him for about 40 minutes. And he finished out the service and blessed everybody and everything with me bawling on him mm-hmm. while he held me up. So, and to this day, you owe that man a new shirt. I know, but we bought him several new shirts for so several Christmases in a row. So we're good. You yeah, paid your so debt. I figure. You never saw that shirt again. Never saw that shirt again. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And he never, he won't answer the question. Like, hey, John, do I owe you a shirt? And he just g- giggles. <laughs> AJ. <laughs> do you remember what you were feeling as you left? You know, like 40 minutes later as you're driving home? Like, what did you, do you remember what you felt about uh, all of that? I felt... I think I just felt spent like I I was exhausted mm-hmm. and again I don't know if that's exhausted from 19 years of trying not to feel or exhausted from an hour and a half of feeling all of those mm-hmm. you know but I remember feeling exhausted but also like clean like Sandy didn't have to convince me to go back I was like I don't know what just happened but all of a sudden I have a little bit of hope that I might survive Wow. so yeah. So I I think during like during the renewal, I there I did a lot of inner healing and I did a lot of emotional healing and I was pretty okay with feeling emotions and all that kind of stuff. But I think as I think about probably the last uh maybe ten years of being here and just some of the pressure and um some of the loss and all that kind of stuff, I'm getting emotional now. Yeah, I'm noticing. Um I would say I became more uncomfortable with feeling emotion. Mm. Uh, And I don't know if that's just because I feel like sometimes the more responsibility you have, the more invested my heart gets. And then it's just painful to watch people walk away from the Lord or, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So the greater the cost, the greater the investment. So I think at some point I started protecting myself. Again, um, and not in the same way I wasn't getting angry, but um, just sort of being like, it it, it hurts so much to love people a lot. Mm-hmm. So now I've ruined my makeup. And do you know whose fault it is? It's your fault. I thought we didn't get angry <laughs> or deflect with humor. No, that was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I just pronounced that completely wrong. <laughs> what about... Um, like I want to be sensitive to you because I, 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 you know, you're crying and you're on camera and your makeup's running. Oh, I don't care. And it's all you, good. You look like a backup singer for Kiss. Okay, um, thanks a lot. <laughs> you don't. Okay, you look amazing. But sarcasm. See. <laughs> um. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I also know you're a super powerful person. You'll tell me I don't want to answer that question. So th- you're just opening up, saying, "Hey, in the last ten years, I'm realizing, wow." You know, I, I grew up in an environment where feelings, you know, emotional health wasn't valued. 
And so, you know, got 23 years of core pain, go to this church, have this explosion, spend, I don't know, the next 10, 15 years in an incredible environment, inner healing, doing a lot of emotional work, gaining emotional health. Like one of the things that really, really attracted me to you when I first met you was the story that you told didn't resonate with the person I saw. As in, I, bl- I didn't think you were lying, but as you told your story, I was like, how can somebody who's been through so much tragedy and trauma be so whole and resolute? Yeah. Right? I have had people say that I was lying, by the way. Oh. I've had people tell their kids, like, if that's her testimony and she was able to stand up and say it, then that's then she's actually lying because nobody would actually be okay on the other side of that. That's a scary reflection on a view of emotional health right there it is yeah well but i think a lot of times when we think about you know inner healing and emotional health we don't actually think that god can fully restore something we think we'll be like a better version and maybe it'll be less painful he's good at helping us forget yeah but you know we're like looking for like a 50 percent thing we're not looking Mm -hmm. for the power of the pain is removed Mm mm-hmm which I think he can do that. I think he can remove the... Oh, I know he can. You know, so... And that's been my experience, obviously. So I'm tracing your arc. Yeah, you're tracing my arc. Go ahead. You know, I'm not sure if I'm going to enjoy this arc tracing. Go ahead. No, so, like, no place for emotional health. Living yeah. in an environment that's really abusive, really traumatic. Come to church, have this incredible encounter. Spend the next 10, 15 years in this incredible environment where it's a huge value for emotional health, inner healing counseling, therapy, all that sort of stuff. Then you move here, and for the last 10 years, you're recognizing now with a little bit of hindsight, oh, I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I started deadening my heart, or I started not allowing myself to... How would you describe the last 10 years? Well, you're, 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 I mean, you're talking I, about how painful I mean, it was. What did you do with I think I did okay until... I mean, I remember 2014 being a super tough year, mm-hmm. um, and it was just like... I got to the end of that year and I was like, oh, I'm out. Like, and, and for me, it was, uh, we lost somebody that we were p- praying to get healed, Ted, at the beginning of the year. And then we had some staff that moved off staff that I was really grieving that they were leaving. And then uh, there was another person that died. And then in the fall of that year, Ben died. And I was just like, mm-hmm. this is just too hard. Um, so I remember that year being really, really hard. And then going for some trauma prayer mm-hmm. uh, with the banks and all that kind of stuff and, and started to sort of, okay, it's okay. We're, you know, we're going to get some, some lift. Um, but then coming into this past year with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, I realized I just got hurt and tired and thought, I don't want to use any of the tools that I have anymore. I just right. want to tell you all to screw off and leave me alone. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I did. Like, yeah. I was just like, I'm done with you all. Who's you all? Everybody with an opinion about what they think we should be doing differently when they're not in our shoes. Hmm. You know, like, so I just found it super, super painful. Um, and I think, like, honestly, I sort of went to the place of... Like, I I feel like we give everything we can, you know, like, whether it's from the platform, whether it's on the school, like, I give 100%. I don't hold things back. I tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, because of some of the opinion and things that people would post, I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I giving my life to you if you don't actually think that 
we love you or that we're telling you that, I mean, why am I doing this? I could have a way easier job than this job. <laughs> like, I'll go work at Starbucks and not care about, yeah. you know, like, so I think I just got to where I was like, oh, I, well, I s- stopped looking at Instagrams, mm-hmm. you know, s- Facebook I hate anyway, but, you know, just, just got to where I was like, oh, I'm just done with everyone's opinion. Mm. But I also just sort of shut down feeling altogether. I was like, every feeling anything felt overwhelming. That's what I was going to ask. So, like, you 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 come to this block, you realize, oh, okay, you know, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to feel this anymore. What? How did you like? In terms of emotional response, what was your solution? Because I I lived with you. You didn't turn to alcohol. You didn't turn to drugs. No. What 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 did you turn to to get away from all of that? Oh, like Netflix, Hulu, reading. Uh, I didn't turn to eating. I probably turned to not eating, uh, you know, like just trying to escape. I mean, little games on my phone, just mm-hmm. anything to just keep my brain busy until I was tired enough to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious about when you had awareness that you were doing that, because in my experience, I only have awareness post. Like I look back and realize I was doing it. Usually when I am doing it, I'm kind of semi-aware, but I can, you know, talk myself out of it. Were you aware? Oh, I'm deadening my heart right now. Oh, yeah. I totally knew. Oh, you knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, But also I felt really sick. You know, so in the midst of that, I got mono and and I'm like, I feel dreadful. I'm tired all the time. I'm dizzy when I stand up. And we're in the middle of COVID and we're trying to make the best decisions we can. Oh, and we're taking the school online. Oh, and I need to get ready for that. But I actually can't even sit up. And, you know, like, I think it felt like yeah. just pressure from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, it just became about surviving each day. So in terms of like rating emotional health, we're at a what? Low. What, mm-hmm. what, what scale are we on? <laughs> Low. I remember our, Dan, our friend Dan saying, your head will lie to you, but your body will not. Yeah. And I, I think about just in the stories that you've told, like going to that church, your head will lie to you. You know, I'm not going to the church and I don't feel anything. And I'm angry because these guys are jerks, not because I'm in pain and running from my feelings. Mm-hmm. You know? So your head will lie to you. Your body won't. You get into this environment, a really safe sanctuary, literally. Mm-hmm. You're in a church sanctuary. Yeah. And boom, as you say, put up, put up, put up, put up, blow up. It all comes out. Yeah. And then, you know, this last couple of years, just the strategy of ignoring your emotional well-being, you know, your head will lie to you. No, I'm good. I, you know, I can press through and, you know, I just need to get this through this and people in their stupid opinions. You can talk yourself out of what you're feeling. Your head will lie to you, but your body won't, which is why you were probably in bed for, for so long. Well, I mean, well, for one thing, I don't know that it's was a couple of years. I think it was really last year intensely yeah. trying because we did the whole feeling your emotions course sure, and yeah. we've been and we've been using that language and, you know, uh, and I've been trying to do that. I think uh, last year, though, I just basically came home from Israel, went into quarantine, and then I felt like all hell broke loose, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember talking to Sam about mono and, and just saying, how did I get mono? Like, mono's the kissing disease. Like, Alan doesn't have mono. I haven't kissed anyone else. Well, I'm you know, glad whatever. you brought it up. We need you, to talk this about This is it. actually <laughs> what we wanted to talk about. Um, and she said, well whatever like by the time you're 40 something like 85 or 90 percent of uh adults have the epstein-barr virus uh which is what produces mono but 
they they have fought it off, you know. And so she said, in all likelihood, you just had that virus the whole time. And what's happened is it's now been stress activated. And so she, when I talked to her after I'd had it for a couple of weeks, she said, you're going to have to always be careful because you can stress reactivate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I don't like, yeah, I, I just started taking everything on instead of like previously when people would say stuff, I would get hurt. Mm-hmm. But I would be able to give it to the Lord and just be like, Lord, I need some help with this. This is this is what I heard. This is how I heard it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that that's how it was said, but this is how I heard it. And can you help me with that? And I just seem to lose any ability to do that and gain perspective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know what your question was before that. But. No, that's a great, great answer. I've, I've so loved being with you. You should go to Florida for five days for more because it produces just the best conversations okay. ever. Yeah. <laughs> go to the beach. Okay, come back. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious because I've I've been with you this whole time in, in, in our journey and perhaps I've, you know, been so distracted with my own version of that story. It feels like though just in conversations we've had offline and in the way you're telling the story today that uh, I know that you were saying, oh, no, I was aware of this the whole time. It feels like you in recent weeks have had more awareness of what was happening than perhaps you did as it was happening. Does that make sense? Oh, I think I have more awareness now than then. But I, I remember thinking at the time, I'm too tired to use any of the things I that I have. I don't even want to. Yeah. And I'm living in the guest room. Like I lived in the guest room for four months last year because I kept getting sick. Yeah, you know, so I'm basically doing life on my own, mm-hmm. um, and I just was like, it, it's too tired to choose to work on any. I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. So what is so now that you've recognized that's where it was, that's where I've been. What did you do to start the journey of? Because uh, at one point you you forsook your emotional health. Yeah, and now you're realizing no, my emotional health is important what's the turnaround for that? Like, what what's your plan? What What's your heart? What's your next steps for pivoting away from that distress and emotional death yeah. into emotional health and vibrancy? I think the first thing for me was starting to share with some people how I was actually feeling, mm-hmm. which I wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was like, you, Ben and Sarah, Shannon, you know, Lindsay, like some of my close friends and, and the just, podcast and the podcast uh, <laughs> now, uh, but just sort of saying, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helped me a lot, actually, sure, because none of those people g- greeted me with shame or, you know, you should know better because you've been in ministry for 20 years or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So that was helpful. Mm-hmm. I've reached out to somebody to start counseling, uh, so I'm still on the wait list for that, but I'm hoping to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just trying to let myself feel how I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thus, yeah. this, you know, the the tears, the face, uh, without shoving it down again. I don't want to go back to living like that. No. And I think out of tiredness, I just thought that was the best option, and it didn't. It doesn't turn out that well. So. Because life doesn't pause for you to not feel. Do you know what I mean? Like you still got kids, you still got they need support, you've still got to work out are we homeschooling, are we, you know, online? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like everything keeps going. All your responsibilities are still there. And 
I get it. I, I, I get the whole, I'm too tired to deal with this right now. And sometimes that's a kind of kindness to us. Like, I don't have capacity. Like, I think about, you know, my desires to always connect. And, you know, I can think of months where life was so crazy, we'd crawl into bed, and I'm like, hey, baby, let's connect. And you're like, it's 10.37 at night. Let's no. not. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not. Months. You do that all the time. <laughs> what are you talking about? You did that to me last week at some point. It's like 11 o'clock. I am already, like, fading. Like, I'm pretty sure I was asleep when you started the, so how was your day? I was like, no, n- not... <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> but what, what I was going to say is you started being more receptive to even being more present than yeah. staying removed and, and yeah. hidden, Yeah, which is beautiful. And it's like this whole journey of valuing your insides enough to give yourself you know, space to rest and get help and to be weak and to have needs yeah. is a beautiful process. Well, and I think even last year I felt so emotionally overwhelmed that if you came in with even a drop of emotion, I was like, no. Yeah, if Alan, no, if I you can't. have feelings, you're going to make me feel. Well, or you're going to make me like tip right over the edge and I'm going to lose my mind. Right. Like I felt like, I'm skating on the edge here. Don't give me a shove, you know, kind of thing. So, and I'd be like, let's talk about our feelings. Or let's <laughs> talk about my feelings. And you'd be like, no. Get back, foul beast. Yes. Get back. Yeah. Let's not. Talk to somebody else about your feelings. Yeah. So... It was rough. It was a rough year. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're being kind to yourself. That whole thing of self-care is not selfish. Well, and you did great with me saying I can't I can't talk about your you know, your feelings cuz I can't even manage my own. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I yes, I did do great. He said <laughs> as he applauds himself. I know, I'm like, yeah, no, I remember. I remember hearing that and thinking, okay, no, I understand I understand what that's like. I I'm aware that wasn't super kind to you. But, you know, but but also, you know, I, I'm thinking about what we learned from Chip about, you know, healthy shame says we have limitations. It's OK for you to have limitations. And actually, it's OK for me to find other places for me to get my, you know, you, you can't be the sole dispenser of my emotional well-being like that's unfair to you right so if i'm coming to you going hey babe i'm feeling overwhelmed i'd just love to process my feelings it's unkind uh, of me to make you endure that when you're albeit choosing an unhealthy response but it's the best response you've got at the time right and so that's the beauty about being in an environment where you've got options where i there's so many people i can call and say hey i need to process i need yeah and, and we've really leaned in our friends this year so thank you so much we should probably send them send something them gifts yeah. like, hey thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beauty of life is there's ebbs and flows of that like historically in our marriage there's been times where i've been in crisis and you're not freaking out and then you know vice versa so yeah oh gosh I didn't think all of that was going to happen when we talked about emotional health, but I'm glad it did. Me neither. It's so so beautiful. <laughs> well, if I'd known though, I wouldn't have put on makeup because oh, you, you know, yeah, is it yeah. still there? Yeah, at all. Uh, when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about my culture was a was a biblical culture growing up. My house, the church environment, was all based on scripture, and so it amazes me that that though we read the same Bible we didn't focus on the internal person. We focused on salvation, right? The greatest need. 
But I think about Proverbs. It talks about, you know, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Like you're literally talking about, as I did not tend, care for my heart, pay attention to the voice of the heart that was screaming, I need help. Like you literally ended up in bed for four months in isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've, I wrote down some of the verses because I'm not good at memorizing everything off the top of my head in a short term. But yeah, look at this. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. How about this? Proverbs 14, verse 30. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Now, you're not talking about envy there, but envy is not an emotionally healthy state. Like, our internal state produces fruit in our body. Or um, Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Wow. And I, I, I love that we live... In an environment where we do have amazing resources, we do have amazing friends, we do have amazing people, where we get to be human all of the time and not have it to get together. I love that you're a leader and you talk openly about where you're at. I think that's incredible for our community and for the people who are also struggling. I was also thinking about in previous times where we've had friends, the other verse in Proverbs about faithful are the wounds of a friend. I think about a time in the past when Kathy came to me Remember? And she mm-hmm. stopped me in the parking lot. She was like, Alan, like, you don't look good. You've lost the light that's in your eyes. And I remember that stang. And the next day, Fred was just like, dude, what are you doing to take care of your, what are you doing to take care of yourself? And so I was thinking about how, as people have been listening to this episode, if you were listening to this episode back in the year that you were describing, how are we able to discern how well we're doing in caring for our emotional health is the question I want to pose. I've got three thoughts. I'm curious if you have any. How are we able? Well, I guess if, I think we usually know when we're hiding. If you're hiding, you're probably not doing that well. I'm not not sure we always do, though. I can think of times when I've hidden and it's taken somebody to say, buddy, are you okay? Right. Playing a bit too much, you know, Netflix there? Right. Like, so I'm not, you know, I'm not always confident I'm the best, you know, Geiger counter reader of my emotional health. Right. Well, like one of the I gifts mean, of, hopefully if you have healthy community, they'll point it out to you. And that's historically been it. That yeah. Like Jeff or Danielle or people I work with or, yeah. you know, our friends will just be like, hey, buddy, doing okay. And that will take me to stop and go, ah, the Holy Spirit's good at that. But yeah. also, you know. I've developed a fine reflex over the years to ignore the Holy Spirit about things I don't want him to talk to me about. Now, I don't want to do that, but I'm also aware when I'm in pain, sorrow, anger, rage, malice, all those things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Right. I, you know, I'm pretty good at deafening him. Mm. My experience of you in that last year is, like I hear you say, no, I had awareness. When we would talk about that, I maybe you had awareness you didn't want to talk about it, but I was shut down pretty quick. Yes. Well, I... Because I was trying to stay numb. Ah, so I see. So you were aware, but you just didn't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because then it will all come out. So this is a very tentative little cap I have on this mm-hmm. bad boy. And if you want to talk about things, then actually that's going to mess it up. So and so you're aware. Yeah. And I'm maybe less aware then. Of, I'm just thinking about my own experience. I'm usually not that aware. It usually takes people to point it out to me. Then I have to fight them mentally, and then I realize, no, they love me, and they probably got a point, and then, you know, my, I go away and think about it, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing great. Or I get sick, 
one of those two things happen. Usually my sickness determines I've been doing too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I was, my body was trying to send that message pretty, help, pretty, help. pretty loud and clear. And actually, uh, one of the, I remember one of the days when it started to shift for me, I listened to one song over and over again and I just lost it all morning, um, which is that uh, unraveling song. Was it by Corey Asbury or something? Then I just, I just lost my nut. And then I played it in the car at one point and I had to pull over. I was just bawling in the car. Um, But I was like, okay, I'm really, really not okay. Um, But actually, and then realizing I didn't want to stay not okay. Which is powerful. Yeah. It only took me. That don't even do that. Like, you know, the, your shame. I have feelings about that shame. I have so much gladness being with you and then so much fear and anger about the shame that makes you want to quantify that. So, But you can have your shame if you want. I'm not trying to keep you from having your feeling of shame. I'm just having feelings about it. <laughs> okay, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, so what were your three... Um, like questions to ask yourself well i was there's actually four there's three and then there's a bonus extra but Ooh. <laughs> I, there were the questions that fred asked me you know and the questions are basically like you know uh, getting yourself in touch with what nourishes your emotional health and because we're a triune being we're you know body soul and spirit it's like are you aware of what nourishes your body like what brings peace to your body i'm throwing that out there Oh, are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. I'm also asking my listeners. So think about that. Like what brings... Being near water. Yeah, nourishes your body. Me, I I still can't believe I'm going to say these words. When we go camping, Yeah. I feel actively rested, even though it's so much work. I feel nourished being mm-hmm. out in fresh air. Yeah, so, you know, what what nourishes, what brings peace to your body? What brings peace to your soul? I don't know. Do you, like... No, it's fine if you don't know. What what brings peace to your soul? Environments, nice environments. Okay. Like well-designed environments. Like, you, you remember when nice we were on vacation? Food. Oh, <laughs> we went and stayed at just a beautiful resort in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the hotel and I could feel tension leave my body. Yeah. So carefully curated, beautiful spaces bring yeah. nourishment to my soul. I would I would agree with that. Great connects with friends. Yeah. Specifically, if there's also good food involved. Mm-hmm. No, uh, for real. Yeah. I was also thinking about, I was thinking about the answer to this question. One of the things that brings nourishment to my soul is when I get resolution to conflict. So if, my, okay. if I'm in conflict, if I'm in tension, and it could be small tension, like, hey, babe, I just realized I wrote the story about something you said earlier, and can I compare notes with you? This is what I... This is a whole story I wrote about this interaction. Is that real? And you're like, no. And ah, oh. you know, or even yeah. if you're like, yeah. And then we get to talk through it. The resolution of that, that brings peace and nourishment to my soul. Yeah. A good book, a good movie. You know, I can get into it. And it's not, it, you know, the danger with that is you can get lost and distracted. Yeah. Uh, then finally, what brings nourishment to your spirit? I mean, for me, mostly soaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still stuck on stephanie's cd that she released right at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. um but uh yeah soaking and then just 
spending time in the Word, I've just started a new study with a bunch of girls to just get back into like a regular mm-hmm. habit. Cause I realized in the midst of my hiding, I was hiding from God too. Mm. So yeah. And then my fourth question is when was the last time you purposely made room for any of those three things? Today. Okay. Yeah, you did. You took a day off. I took a day off <laughs> and I read for a while yeah. and I did my Bible study and I was going to sit outside, but it was too cold. Yeah, I just think having awareness of what nourishes your body, your soul, and your spirit. Mm-hmm. And conversely, what damages and drains your body, your soul, and your spirit. You know, like for me, sleeplessness. I can recognize the damages of my, my body. Being redundancy, like it just grates on my soul. It's like death by a thousand tiny paper cuts. You know, poor service. Oh, good God. Uh, 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 you know, I can already feel the anxiety. Um what grieves my spirit is control and manipulation. Like if I'm in an environment of control or passivity, ah, mm-hmm. you know, so eradicating those things and then purposely adding those things is a great way of, of, of nourishing our soul and, and helping our heart. It's good. Anything else you want to talk about emotional health? Uh, by the way, bravo. Like I, just so you know, the way we do this is, <clears throat> We don't plan anything. We we've got the loosest of structures. Of uh, this is a topic we're going to talk about. Here's some things we need to think about, and that's it. So I didn't have a clue you were going to say any of that stuff, and I loved hearing all of it. And well, I purposely don't look at the notes because you like doing it. I like to just freestyle talk about whatever. Yeah. I also have a listener's question for you, which coincidentally enough fits into all this, and we may have already answered it. By the way, if you're listening to this, everything that we've talked about will be meticulously put in the show notes so if you talked about a song or an event or previous episodes or topics they'll all be in the show notes for this week the listener's question it's an anonymous listener's question um it says this i know we're never fully healed but how do you let someone into the process of healing which you kind of answered but see if there's any more i mean how do you let someone into the process i i think you just i think you just choose to like i I don't think any of us love to show other people our struggles or like the parts that we have shame about mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think you, you choose carefully. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't typically, except for this podcast, uh, <laughs> you know, share all of my, you know, deep whatever, but I have specific safe people that, that I have let in and I've given permission to speak to me about, when they feel like I'm not letting them in, when they mm-hmm. feel like I'm hiding. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are the hallmarks of safe people for you? They're working on their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the kind of people who you tell them something and then they've told a whole bunch of other people. I I, I want to know that they know the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know that they they hear from the Lord. Um, I want I want to see them tend. Gently to their own hearts before I trust them with mine. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, there's really no getting away from, like, how do you do it? You do it. Yeah. You have a conversation with a friend and say, can I tell you what's happening? Yeah. I I think I've, I've learned the important preface of when I go speak to people about that, in knowing what I need by telling them. We used to say, is, do you want me to listen like a boy or listen like a girl? Yeah. 
Like, do I need a solution? Am I telling you this because I need a solution? Or am I telling you this because I need a human sounding board? You know, my insides are exhausted for me keeping it in and I need to get it out. And right. all I need you to do is listen. I don't need commentary. I don't need a solution. Yeah. I need, or sometimes I need, like, sometimes, like, my dangers, I try and figure everything out myself. Like but I, we ask each other, how do you want me to listen? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's, like we've had, especially like in the past year where you've been like, hey, I need to talk to you about, like, I need, I need to share this stuff. And I've been like, okay, can we do that later? Like, so, th- because I know at this moment I can't do it, but mm-hmm. I can actually build up a reservoir of being able to absorb whatever it is that you need to share. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, but I think that that's part of just having safe relationship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been able to identify your need. And being with people is so good. So, you know, build a safe community. If you don't have a safe community, one of the best things you can do to let someone in the process of healing is find a professional and pay them money. Yeah. That's why counselors and therapists exist is so that you can go process outside of your friendship group, especially if your distress is caused by your friendship group. But seriously, like professional help is, uh, is, is a lifesaver. For sure. So there you go. If you have a listener's question, if anything that AJ shared today, anything we've talked about, you want to ask more, if you go to alanandaj.com slash ask, we can do our best to try and answer your question on the podcast. Well, babe, thank you for being super brave, super vulnerable. You're welcome. If you want the show notes for this week's episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 237. You can always get the show notes for the episode you're listening to just by going to alanaj.com slash whatever the episode number is. I do want to remind you that the Boundary Summer School is about to close. If you're listening to this on a Monday, the day the episode comes out, uh, it's going to close on the Wednesday. It's Wednesday 19th at midnight. I would love you to come join me. Um, I'm going to be leading you through the Boundary course. You'll watch uh, about an hour a week of content on your own at your own schedule. And then you'll meet with me once a week for an hour group call where I'm going to help you apply what you learned during the week to your own life. And then during the week, I'll stay in contact with you. I'll be emailing you some homework, some activities. And like I said, you're going to have this online forum with other people going through the school where you can explore and you can grow and you can share your success stories. If you want to sign up to the the, the Boundary Summer School, go to alanandaj.com slash boundaries. And then finally, a huge welcome to all of our new members who've become members of the podcast. Uh, thanks for signing up. Just a quick note, if you're a member, you get a discount on all our products, including the Boundary Summer School, so make sure you take advantage of that. There's also a whole host of other benefits. You get to see the video version of this. You get to see AJ's Kiss makeup for this week. And uh, <laughs> you can connect with us along with Priority Q&A. Head over to alanandaj.com slash membership. Perfect. Thanks so much for being with us this week, and we will see you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life yeah. experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah.
talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.